0: The Anatomy of Story, Creating an Organic Plot, Episode 49, this is in Chapter 8. Now that you are well armed with knowledge of some of the major plot strategies, the big question arises, how do you create an organic plot for your particular characters? Here is a sequence for writing an organic plot. 1. Look again at your designing principle. This is the organic germ of your story. The plot must ultimately be the detailed fruition of this principle. 2. Reacquaint yourself with the theme line. This is the moral argument you want to make, reduced to a single line. The plot must also be a detailed manifestation of this line. 3. If you have created a symbol line for the entire story, your plot should generally play out that line as well. Here you're looking for some way to sequence the symbols through the actions of hero and opponent. That is, the plot. Four, decide whether you wish to use a storyteller. This can have a big effect on how you tell the audience what happens and thus how you design the plot. Five, figure out the structure in detail using the 22 structure steps of every great story, parenthetical, which we'll discuss in a moment. This will give you most of your plot beats, parenthetical, major actions or events, and it will guarantee, as much as any technique can, that your plot is organic. Six, decide if you want your story to use one or more genres. If so, you must add the plot beats unique to those genres at the appropriate place and twist them in some way so that your plot is not predictable. Although you should decide if you want a storyteller before using the 22 building blocks to figure out your plot, I'm going to explain these powerful and advanced tools in reverse chronology since this is the easiest way to understand them. 22 Step Story Structure The 22 building blocks of every great story are the crucial structure events, or stages, in the unfolding of an organic plot. We've already talked about the seven key structure steps in Chapter 3, but the seven steps come near the beginning and at the end of the story. The additional 15 steps are found primarily in the middle of the story where most stories fail. The 22 steps are the most useful of all storytelling techniques because of their breadth and detail. They show you how to create an organic plot, regardless of the length or genre of your story. They are also the key set of tools for rewriting. One reason the 22 Steps are so powerful is that they never tell you what to write the way formulas or or genres do. They show you the most dramatic way to tell your story to an audience. They give you an extremely precise map of your entire plot, allowing you to build the story steadily from beginning to end and avoid the fragmented dead middle that gives so many writers trouble. Here are the 22 Steps and all 22 are listed. I won't read those. At first glance, using the 22 steps may appear to stunt your creativity to give you a mechanical story rather than an organic one. This is part of a deeper fear that many writers have of too much planning, but the result is that they try to make the story up as they go and end up with a mess. Using the 22 steps avoids either of these extremes and actually increases your creativity. The 22 steps are not a formula for writing. Instead, they provide the scaffolding you need to do something really creative and know that it will work as your story unfolds organically. Similarly, don't get hung up on the number 22. A story may have more or fewer than 22 steps depending on its type and length. Think of a story as an accordion. It is limited only in how much it can contract. It must have no fewer than the seven steps because that is the least number of steps in an organic story. Even a 30-second commercial, if it's good, will follow the seven steps. But the longer a story gets, the more structured steps it will need. For example, a short story or situation comedy can only hit the seven major steps in the limited time the story has to unfold. A movie, a short novel, or a one-hour drama for television will usually have at least 22 steps, parenthetical, unless the drama is multi-strand, in which case each strand hits the seven steps. A longer novel, with its added twists and surprises, has far more than 22 structure steps. For example, David Copperfield has more than 60 revelations. If you were to study the 22 steps in depth, you would see that they are really a combination of many systems of the story body woven into a single plot line. They combine the story web, the moral argument, the story world, and the series of actual events that comprise the plot. The 22 steps represent a detailed choreography of hero versus opponents as the hero tries to reach a goal and solve a much deeper life problem. In effect, the 22 steps guarantee that your main character drives your plot. The table on page 270 shows the 22 steps broken down into four major threads or story subsystems. Keep in mind that each step can be an expression of more than one subsystem. For example, drive which is the set of actions the hero takes to reach the goal, is primarily a plot step, but is also a step where the hero may take immoral action to win, which is part of the moral argument. The following description of the 22 steps will show you how to use them to figure out your plot. After I explain the step, I will show you an example of that step from two films, Casablanca and Tootsie. These films represent two different genres, love story and comedy, and were written 40 years apart. Yet, both hit the 22 steps as they build their organic plots steadily from beginning to end. Always remember that these steps are a powerful tool for writing, but are not carved in stone, so be flexible when applying them. Every good story works through the steps in a slightly different order. You must find the order that works best for your unique plot and characters. And on page 270 is the... uh, 22 steps broken down into um, four um, categories, character, plot, story, world, and moral argument. Number one, self-revelation, need, which is weakness, and desire. Self-revelation, need, and desire represent the overall range of change of your hero in the story. combination of steps 23 and 5. This frame gives you the structural journey your hero will take. You'll recall that in chapter 4 on character, we started at the mid-end point of your hero's development by figuring out his self-revelation. Then we return to the beginning to get his weakness and need and his desire. We must use the same process when determining the plot. By starting with the frame of the story, self-revelation to weakness, need, and desire, we establish the end point of the plot first. Then every step we take will lead us directly where we want to go. When looking at the framing step of the plot, ask yourself these questions and be very specific in your answers. What will my hero learn at the end? What does he know at the beginning? Remember, no character is a completely blank slate at the start of the story. He believes certain things. What is he wrong about at the beginning? Your hero cannot learn something at the end of the story unless he is wrong about something at the beginning. Casablanca. Self-revelation. Rick realizes he cannot withdraw from the fight for freedom simply because he was hurt by love. Psychological need. To overcome his bitterness toward Ilsa. Regain a reason for living and renew his faith in his ideals. Moral need. To stop looking out for himself at the expense of others. Desire to get Ilsa back. Initial era. Rick thinks of himself as a dead man. Just marking time. The affairs of the world are not his concern. Tootsie. Self-revelation. Michael realizes he has treated women as sex objects, and because of that, he has been less of a man. Psychological need. To overcome his arrogance towards women and learn to honestly give and receive love. Moral need. To stop lying and using women to get what he wants. Desire. He wants Julie, an actress on the show. Initial era. Michael thinks he is a decent person in dealing with women and that it is okay to lie to them. Number two, ghost and story world. Step one sets the frame of your story. From step two on, we will work through the structure steps in the order that they occurred in a typical story. Keep in mind, however, that the number and sequence of steps may differ depending on the unique story you wish to tell. Ghost. You are probably familiar with the term backstory. Backstory is everything that has happened to the hero before the story you are telling begins. I rarely use the term backstory because it is too broad to be useful. The audience is not interested in everything that has happened to the hero. They are interested in the essentials. That's why the term ghost is much better. There are two kinds of ghosts in a story. The first and most common is an event from the past that still haunts the hero in the present. The ghost is an open wound that is often the source of the hero's psychological and moral weakness. The goal is also a device that lets you extend the hero's organic development backward before the start of the story. So the ghost is a major part of the story's foundation. You can also think of this first kind of ghost as the hero's internal opponent. It is the great fear that is holding him back from action. Structurally, the ghost acts as a counter-desire. The hero's desire drives him forward. His ghost holds him back. Henry Ibsen, whose plays put great emphasis on the ghost, described this structure step as sailing with a corpse in the cargo. Hamlet Shakespeare was a writer who knew the value of a ghost before page one. Hamlet's uncle has murdered his father, the king, and then married Hamlet's mother as if that wasn't enough ghost. Shakespeare introduces in the first few pages the actual ghost of the dead king who demands that Hamlet take his revenge. Hamlet says the time is out of joint, o oh, cursed spite that ever I was born to set it right. It's a wonderful life. George Bailey's desire to see the world is to see the world and build things, but his ghost, his fear of what the tyrant Potter will do to his friends and family if he leaves, holds him back. A second kind of ghost, though uncommon, is a story in which a ghost is not possible because the hero lives in a paradise world. Instead of starting the story in slavery, in part part because of his ghost, the hero begins free. But an attack will soon change all of that. Meet me in St. Louis and the Deer Hunter are examples. A word of caution is warranted here. Don't override exposition at the start of your story. Many writers try to tell the audience everything about their hero from the first page, including the how and why the ghost. This mass of information actually pushes your audience away from your story. Instead, try withholding a lot of information about your hero including the details of his ghost, the audience will guess that you are hiding something and will literally come toward your story. They think, there's something going on here, and I'm going to figure out what it is. Occasionally, the ghost event occurs in the first few scenes, but it's much more common for another character to explain the hero's ghost somewhere in the first third of the story. In rare instances, the ghost is exposed in the self-revelation near the end of the story, but this is usually a bad idea because then the ghost, the power of the past, dominates the story and keeps pulling everything backward. I'll stop there uh, for today and pick up with Story World on page 273 tomorrow.